I'm Christian Blood, KTSA News, and now it's time for the Jack Riccardi Show. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to ask you how your weekend was, because I've noticed the pattern is you're very productive on the weekends. Yeah. And uh, then I feel like I kind of wasted mine, so. Well, there was no work on the greenhouse, so that was nice. Uh, Chicken coop, got that off to the side just for the moment. Mm. So uh, Saturday was my son's second soccer game. They didn't win. Nice. But he scored four goals. So that was a wow. that was a new record for him, and he was oh Jack, he was so close to seven goals. Okay, wow. I mean it was that close. Well, um, how are they not winning? They let's just say defense didn't show up. Oh, okay, <laughs> not gotcha. at it was all a, in any way. It was a shootout. Yeah, it really was. But uh, yeah, good weekend. Uh, weather was obviously fantastic, and it was. Um, I'm hoping I can make it back to back weekends without yeah. the the greenhouse or the chicken coop, but. Not crossing my fingers on that one. So. I don't know. For a while there, you were like a you were like a one man army. Every time we would check check in and ask about the weekend, it, it was, was more like, like a I don't know, like a one man Cub Scout patrol or something. You well, know. Still, I have yep. to say, I'm still impressed that you're building a greenhouse. All right, uh, today let's get right into things here, and you can join the show at two ten five nine nine. 5555, our dreadful little show. So you, you probably have heard this in the news. There was this thing called the teen takeover, which, which really sounds, I'm sorry. It sounds like some kind of, I don't know, 1950s, like something Ricky Ware would have hosted on television in the 1950s, right? Teen takeover. No, it was a riot. They had a riot in Chicago and, and hundreds of mostly teenage, uh, men. Uh, stormed downtown Chicago. Uh, guns were set off. Car windows were smashed. People were attacked in their cars. People were attacked in the street. Tourists were running into their hotels. A woman told Fox 32, where are the parents? As this played out, police had trouble restoring order. They were totally outmanned. And, um, this went on Saturday. And Sunday, the new mayor-elect of Chicago, Brandon Johnson, says, don't demonize the teens. Boy, this guy is going to fit right in. They're not even going to miss Lori Lightfoot. It will be a, it will be a seamless transition from Lori Lightfoot to Brandon Johnson. He says he does not condone the destructive activity, and it is unacceptable, but, and there's always a but, right? There's always a but. It shouldn't be a, uh, a means of vilifying and demonizing youth who, quote, have otherwise been starved of opportunities in their own communities. Footage showed teenagers jumping on top of public transit buses, starting fires, uh, breaching police barricades, gunshots ringing out. But the mayor-elect says, don't demonize them. Don't demonize them. And then there was a uh, incident in California. Uh, this was Sunday morning in Compton. Large group of people blocked an intersection and did a street takeover where they stormed into a gas station convenience store and stole thousands of dollars of products. It's unbelievable, unreal. I've never seen anything like that happen here, resident Greg Johnson told uh, ABC7. These clerk at the Arco hid in the bathroom while the looting was ongoing. Video shows people carrying out cigarettes, condoms, soda, beer, all of the contents 
of the convenience store sheriff's department la county sheriff's department uh says the street takeover near the arco was one of three in the area but they had never seen a flash mob burst into a store to that level police uh again were outmanned and by the time they arrived the mob had mostly scattered they had a um hearing for crime victims in new york city today where there was um members of congress uh soliciting testimony from people who are irate about the uh soros backed da and the um you know basically the horrible violence the spike in crime the failure to hold people accountable the failure to keep people in jail and um and even that got crashed uh by protesters so the the crime is so bad we had to hold a congressional hearing um moment was disrupted by more rioting and yelling and screaming and of course of course we watch all this you and i and you may have moved here from another part of the country you may be living in san antonio because of stuff like this or the fear of stuff like this so maybe you've moved here to get away from california to get away from new york to get away from chicago to get away from these places Or maybe you've lived here a long time, and you think to yourself, okay, well, this is why I live here, because generally that kind of thing does not happen. Generally, I feel safe here, and we're different. And some of that is perception, and some of that is reality, because reality, we were actually the gang capital of the United States as recently as about 30 years ago. But, yeah, people look now, and they go, well, all right, we don't want that happening here. But, of course, what is what is up for a vote? It's Prop A. And Prop A is a very, uh, you know, wolf in sheep's clothing, catch-all proposition. It's not, like, it's not like probably anything you've ever seen on any ballot you've ever voted on in your life, because usually ballot questions, although they can be wordy, are about one thing. You have to make one choice. But Prop A is like um, it's 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 like progressive Wikipedia. It's got everything. And so Prop A is about ticketing rather than criminalizing the very things that we saw in on the East and West Coasts and in in, in Chicago. And we should have, you know, this progressive permissive approach it's not defund the police it's more like pull them back you know defang the police defang the law so so prop a is on the ballot and 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 we've talked about this i i I have a theory that and 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 again a a lot of people don't like it and disagree with it which is fine i'm not trying to sell it but the more i've looked at the way politicians are running away from prop a including mayor nirenberg sounding very reasonable now saying you know we we, this is not something that's good for for San Antonio, and don't, please don't vote yes on it, even though they put it on the ballot. So I have this theory that they're saying that in order to head fake people that watched the news this weekend and would be horrified. In other words, they're trying to tell you, yeah, it's on the ballot, but it's got no chance of passing, and no reasonable person supports it, and don't worry about it. Don't you just go about your business. We're not going to have this Prop A silliness. 
That's because they know that the people that, that populate every election in this city, the 10 or 12% that always turn out, the 10 or 12% that elected this mayor, that elected the city council, they are reliably for Prop A. And they will not vote against it, even though their heroes are telling them to, because they know that's a wink and a nod agreement. So that's my theory. I don't know if it's true, but you're not going to shake me of it. Then I see a guy on Facebook over the weekend, and he has this idea. He says, why don't we, since since two members of city council are still on the record as supporting Prop A, that's Jayla McKee-Rodriguez in District 2 and Terry Castillo in District 5, since they're still on the record as having as backing Prop A, they, they're still saying vote yes on Prop A, why don't we institute Prop A in their districts? And I thought, yes, that's a great idea. It's like a test drive. I mean, you could listen to me, and I'm saying this, this, and this about it. You could listen to somebody else, and they have the opposite take. You don't know who to believe, who's right. Test drive it out. Try it out. But try it out in the districts of council members that support it. So that when it blows up, they can explain it. They can have some town hall meetings. They can go to some HOAs. They can go to some community and neighborhood groups and church groups, and they can take questions and, and explain the, the implementation of Prop A. By all means. I mean, I, I want them to have the chance to not just verbally back it, but to actually live with it. I like the idea. 210-599-5555. So what do you think about a Prop A test drive? Uh, what do you think about the uh, excuses being made by politicians about Chicago, California, New York? You know, I have to say, I, I, I've i been doing this a long time. I feel like I've kind of heard every excuse about crime and, you know, the Utes, as Joe Pesci called them. You know, I, I've heard that um, it's because the schools aren't good enough. I've heard because there isn't enough for them to do. We need midnight basketball. Remember midnight basketball? Remember that? Uh, it, I've heard it's because, um, of racism. Let's see, what else? What are the other excuses we've had over the years? Oh, uh, parenting sucks, uh, or they only have one parent, or the it's police. It, you know, I, I'm looking at the people that I saw in that video from, from Chicago, the teen takeover. And you know what I see? I see the age group that Democrats think should be voting. I see the age group the Democrats say we should listen to on the environment. Let a child lead them. So, as far as I'm concerned, they're old enough to be held accountable for what they do. I, I, I grant you there may be a lot of factors in their life and in their community. But if they're old enough to vote in the eyes of these Democrats, then they're old enough to be held accountable for what they did on Saturday and Sunday in these places. So you've heard, like I have, over the years, this is what it will take to reduce youth crime. This is what it will take to address the the needs of the inner city. And and Chicago had the teen takeover, Compton, California, and New York City. You see the headlines. We've we've tried it all. We've tried the midnight basketball. We've said it's the schools. We've said it's this, it's that. You know, I... I, I watch our culture idolize youth. I watch our culture say, if anything, they need to be voting. 
We need to let them vote at 16. So I'm going to one-up you on that. If you're a liberal that wants 16-year-olds to have the vote, then I'm, I'm going to say that 16-year-olds can be fully responsible for what they do when they get caught doing it. And they're not allowed to, and you're not allowed to make excuses about there wasn't a basketball league or there wasn't a uh, an activity at the church or there wasn't uh, an alternative uh, thing they could go to or a drop-in center or whatever. No, no. Because adult criminals don't get to say that. <laughs> you get busted for doing a crime when you're an adult. You don't get to say, well, I, I didn't have anything else to do or I you know, wasn't sufficiently parented. And, you know, here in San Antonio, we're not going to be immune from this much longer. We have, really, we have two paths in front of us. We can be the place that people flee to to get away from it, or we can be the place whose progressive wannabe uh, politicians uh, emulate what's happening in L.A. and in San Francisco and in Portland and in Chicago. And, and, and so if they want Prop A, let them have it in their districts. And let's see how it goes. Keep it in your district. 210-599-5555. Irene is on the Jack Riccardi Show. Irene, good afternoon. Hi. Hi, Irene. Uh, yeah, and you said, uh, well, maybe that you have just one of my districts and no other one in on my district. Which district I, are you in? I, and District 2. Yeah. What, what I want to know... Is I I read that they uh they did put about the abortion and then they put about the marijuana and then Pape in between and I'm wondering who decides what goes on the voting thing is it our guys here in San Antonio? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you're I don't know if you voted for your city council member, but if the people of that district voted for Jalen McKee Rodriguez, who's your city council member. Uh, then they ought to have to live with what he wants, and what he wants is is Prop A. I mean, I'm sorry. I know it's going to be. I know it's going to be horrible, but you you elected him. Yeah, we elected him before he did. We came out with all the bullshit that he does. No, 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 no. He he was talking this way. We had him on. He was talking this way as a candidate. I'm not. I, I've never. I'm sorry, Irene, but he he no he this they knew what they were getting. They knew what they were getting. I didn't know. I just knew that he was a teacher. That's that's what I read about him. Mm. That, yeah. That's all. Honestly, that's all I read. So I didn't know him. I, I'm not. I don't I wish anything. Just... You seem like a nice person, Irene. I don't wish anything bad on you. But I, I, I feel. I feel like we're past the point of saying stuff, and people are just going to have to find out. Hey, this really doesn't work. And and you yeah, know, well, gradually yeah. people will will figure it out. But they're not going to figure it out until they have to live with it. Well, yes, I understand. But I'm pretty sure nobody's going to want that in my district. I think he's, no, he thinks no. he's speaking for everybody. Well, then maybe people should be asking him right now, hey, we elected you because we thought you were a teacher and sensitive to the needs of the community. Why are you for this? Look what just happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that would be a good question. Yeah, if he would I come on this show, I would ask him that next. question. I would say, do you want do you want District 2 to look like the inner loop of Chicago did this weekend? Are you serious? Yeah, exactly. That's a good way. I I haven't. I don't know where he's going to be next. I haven't called the uh, the office to find out because I really I haven't been in touch. I just keep hearing what I hear in the news. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So. 
Uh, you know, people can vote this thing down, and I hope they will, but it's, it's, um, it may be that, you know, there has to be, sometimes you have to, what's the old saying our parents used to use? Sometimes you have to learn the hard way, right? Yes, exactly. You're right. Yeah. Irene, thank you. Thank you for your call. Uh, 210. I, I don't mean to sound like a, like a jerk. I'm not, I just, I, if you, if you're in a district that elected one of these progressives and you're inflicting this on the whole city, Either you need to be asking some hard questions, or I'm just suggesting maybe maybe you need to live the way these uh, city council members want the city to live. Because we're only the place people move to if we're different from the place they're leaving, right? You know, we could say it's the weather or we have great food, but I mean, really... If we want to be what we are, which is this fast-growing city, this city of opportunity, this beacon, we can't do what they're doing in Chicago. We can't do what they're doing in San Francisco. And we really can't because those cities had a huge head start. In other words, there's a lot more there to begin with, and it's going to take them a lot longer to collapse. They're They're cities of necessity. We're not. We're not a capital We're not a tech center. We're not a manufacturing center. We're not a city that people have to be in. Like New York City, you know, no matter how how bad it gets, there's always going to be some people that have to be there. We're not that. 210-599-5555. Andrew is on KTSA. Hi, Andrew. Hey, Jack. So a couple of things here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'll be be voting for Denise Gutierrez. And second, I didn't vote for Jalen last time. So um, to me, this is more of an upper echelon thing where it's more of a Biden-Soros-type injection and inoculation into our, mm-hmm. you know, into, mm-hmm. into the municipality of San Antonio and stuff. And third, mm-hmm. Ron Nuremberg, you know, if, if he was really against this, why weren't you at, against it at the, at the outset? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's afraid mm-hmm. now. That's why he flip-flopped. Now he's afraid he's mm-hmm. going to lose the business community mm-hmm. vote. And that's why he's flip-flopping, because now he's afraid. And Chris Shugart is, is coming on. So... That's just my take on it right now. Okay. Yeah. No, I hear you. I, I, I mean, it's a very, it's a very legit question. How could you be in favor? As I think, I, I'll check my math. I mean, I'll check uh, my notes, but I think seven of them were in favor of putting it on the ballot. And at this point, there's hardly anyone left to be found. It's like, it's like, it's like um, they, the, you turn on the light and they all scatter. All of a sudden, no one's for it. Well, there had to be a majority of them for it for it to be on the ballot. And yes, it's a legit question. You, why were you for it, and now you're against it and in a very short amount of time? Why is something that you thought should be on the ballot, you are now telling people don't vote for it? And I don't believe that they really want it to lose. I, I, this is just my take, again. I, I think they are believing that if there isn't a big additional turnout like if a bunch more people don't get fired up frightened angry and vote if it's just that usual 10 to 12 remember when it's always 10 to 12 percent it's the same 10 to 12 percent and they know they'll vote for it and they won't be dissuaded when when mayor nirenberg says hey don't vote for it this wouldn't be good for he knows that they know they're going to vote for it anyway so we had the so-called teen takeover in Chicago. We had uh, what happened in Compton, California over the weekend where they raided the Arco convenience store. Even the congressional hearing into crime in New York City was disrupted uh, by uh, protesters. So 
Uh, you know, you, you, you look at these headlines, you look at what's happening in our major cities. Here in San Antonio, in a matter of weeks, voters have a fateful choice about Prop A. We bring into the conversation now on our KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker Line, John O'Caldwell, who's a Fox News commentator, who, as I mentioned earlier, lost his baby brother to a shooting uh, murder in Chicago last summer. Uh, innocent victim uh, of a uh, basically a drive-by shooting, and the author of the book Taken for Granted. And John, it's it's uh, again always with sorrow that we say those things, but always glad to have you back uh, with us on the show. When we talked last, we were talking about the results of the election that that uh, brought Brandon Johnson to victory. He is saying about the teen takeover: don't demonize these. Young people, what is what is your response to that? Well, there's a couple of things. One, you know, just generally not to demonize young people for others' actions, I can understand and agree with. However, for a lot of these individuals, hundreds, or as the Chicago police recently said, it could have been up to a 1,000 people, these individuals who choose to go out and commit these crimes to beat up on people to shoot Two, there were two teenagers that were shot uh, during this, this mob action. These folks should be demonized. They absolutely should be demonized. They should be put in jail and, you know, uh, the fullest extent of the law. If they went out and shot someone, they should face those consequences. If they went out and destroyed this $120,000 Tesla, they should face those consequences. And I think as young people, they have to understand that there is – repercussions to their their actions there are ramifications to them and more often than not i think in today's society especially in cities that have these soft on crime policies like chicago new york los angeles young people aren't learning that they could really face real uh fates to the actions in which they're they're committing so you're committing crimes you're shooting someone you're robbing someone you're beating someone up those things will get you put in jail and they should be put in jail and i think for Brandon Johnson to use, oh, yeah, they, you know, they came from these kind of disadvantaged backgrounds as an excuse is a disgrace. I came from a disadvantaged background. I grew up extremely poor, lights, gas, and water off at the same time. Mama did the crack cocaine. But I didn't get in trouble with, with any of these things. I've never been to jail. I've not had these experiences. And for him to say, like, oh, it basically comes with the territory is a lie. And he's also handicapping Folks who may want to do better to say, you know what, it's okay because the incoming mayor of Chicago said that it was. It's an atrocity and one in which we're just getting started because he's the mayor-elect. Who knows what he's going to do once he becomes mm-hmm. mayor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had as I was listening to you, I had two thoughts. Um, you know, one, and you, you touched on it, imagine the message you're sending to a young person who didn't go out that night but could have. And two, you might be, you know, if you deal with what happened this weekend, you might save lives because what starts out as, you know, just rampaging through a convenience store could lead to something more serious that gets you killed. So when when, when politicians make excuses for young people, what I hear is actually a politician that doesn't give a damn because... You, you gotta save people from the path they are now embarking on. You can't say, well, go ahead. I mean, we'll give you the, like the mayor of Portland said, we'll give you the space. You know, th- th- that is not an answer. 
That is not an answer, and that's not what a civilized society does. Law and order must be paramount for the safety of all. I wrote a piece in the New York Post that just came out yesterday in the Sunday edition, and it's titled, Black Lives Must Matter to Us. And that's such an important point. When we're looking at the black community, and I know there's black folks that can listen to me on this radio show or see me on Fox News Channel or hear me on Fox Business or any of those platforms, it would be upset to me, for me even saying that. Black lives must matter to us because they think it should be an internal conversation. You're saying all these things to, to appease white conservatives. Like, why are you saying all of this? We need to keep the focus on Black Lives Matter and police brutality. Meanwhile, there's people being brutalized in our own communities on a day-to-day -day mm -hmm. basis. What about those people? Do they deserve justice? Mm -hmm. Are they not victims? The FBI had a report that came out in 2018 showing that 89% of those black folks that were murdered, 89%, mind you, those individuals were murdered by black people, black mm -hmm. offenders. Mm -hmm. So where, where's the issue within our communities? We can have honest discussions about police brutality. We can talk about, um, you know, there being justice if there was something that a, a police officer broke, police conduct and policy. They should face those consequences. Absolutely. But what about the guy who lives next to you that sells drugs and, and, and shoots people to protect his turf? Should he, should he not be brought to the, to the, to the table and, and face justice? Should he not be brought to the courtroom? He absolutely should. But the people within our community, I'm talking about my community, the black community, are protecting those who are brutalizing our people on a day-to-day -day basis. And it must come to an end. So this becomes a multi-pronged conversation. We can talk about Brandon Johnson and his policy. Does it contribute to the, the to deaths that we're seeing in these communities? We're going to see here fairly soon, but I'm imagining it does, like Lori Lightfoot's policies and Kit Fox's policies and Alvin Bragg's policies and a lot of these other soft-on-crime prosecutors and mayors. Yeah, absolutely, but there's also another discussion that needs to be had, which is among ourselves that we need to begin to work with police and certainly tell on those who are committing the crimes. Now, I'll tell you, people often uh, respond saying, hey, what about my safety? Like, they can come after my family if I go work with the police. Well, what about the folks in the civil rights movement? When mm -hmm. they stood up for justice, people came after their families, mm -hmm. are, 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 and they had it much worse than we have it now, mm -hmm. but much worse. So, so what about them? So we got to leave the excuses alone and stand straight up as a community and point to to those who are committing these crimes and the policies that are contributing to the despair that we're seeing in, in cities all across the country. Yeah, well said. Um, follow him on Twitter at Gianna Caldwell. Uh, as as always, Twitter, you make Instagram, a lot of sense. Facebook. Um, and uh, you, thank Gianna you. And I'm Caldwell. just I'm just glad you have time for us. No. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I didn't mean to step on you. I've go always ahead, go ahead. I spell it out for people. G I A N N O Caldwell C A L V W E L L. And please pick up my right. best selling book, Taken for Granted How Conservatism Can Win Back to Americans That Liberalism Failed. There you go. Spell it right and listen to him. And, Jono, thank you. Appreciate it. Good to have you. You can join the show at 210-599-5555. Politico.com had a thing about how Biden's poll numbers are the same right now as Trump's were at this exact same point. I mean, like maybe a point difference. But basically, he is as unpopular in the polls. And make of the polls what you will. Okay as Trump was at this point in 2019. Now, that raises the question, 
Trump became a one-term president. If a president has these kinds of poll numbers, does that mean he's going to be a one-term president? And there's a lot of ifs, right? Is Biden going to run? Is Biden going to be able to run? Are they going to let him run? Uh, of course, at this point in 2019, we'd never heard of you know what that 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 wasn't even a, that wasn't even a thing yet at this point in Trump's presidency. So, what do you think? Is Biden in at this point in so much trouble that he's a one-term president if he runs again? I don't, you know, I, I get Politico. I, I, I get them. I know, I know the game. I, I could write their stories for them. Clearly, it's not the same thing. You know that, right? Okay. Joe Biden underwater in the polls. Joe Biden sinking like a rock. Joe Biden's economy swirling around the toilet bowl is not the same fate as if a Republican president is doing that. If a Republican president's driving the country into the ground, people like Politico.com are explaining it to you. They're, they're making sure you know about it. When Joe Biden is doing it, and he's not even the one doing it, it's all excuses. It's not him. The job's too big. It's the damage Trump left behind. It's, it's a global recession. It's global inflation. Don't you know? We're a polarized country. We're so divided. We can't appreciate good leadership. We don't, we don't know how lucky we are to have him. I don't think it's a question of him being a one-term president because his poll numbers are low. And that's our question on the poll today. Do you, do you think he will be, um, will he lose next year because he's in the same place Trump was in at this point? Well, no. If they run him, if they run him, uh, he'll be in a very strong position to win. I don't know if they're going to run him. It sure looks like there are a lot of people that would like to have somebody else. But the, the, the thing about the Democrats that's really interesting is if they run Biden, it'll be because they've, they've figured that is the best way to keep power. Not, it's not, won't be an affirmation of him or, or anything. And if they don't run him, they will throw him over for the same reason. It's to keep the presidency. And see, that's the thing about Republicans that's different. They don't get the scoreboard part of it. They get really hung up and we don't like this guy or he's not relatable or he's, he's too rich or he's too this or he's too that or we, that, that they get all caught up in, the, and, and I, I'm, I'm not saying this of every, I mean, don't take offense if this doesn't apply to you. But the Democrats are just very scoreboard oriented. They know that all that matters, it's like the games that were played over the weekend in the NBA playoffs. All that matters is the end of the game. Who has, who, who's ahead on the scoreboard? That's all that matters. And when your team wins, you don't care which player scored the most points. Or if your star didn't score the most point, you don't worry about that. You don't worry about whether you scored more in the first half or the second half. You don't worry about whether your threes were going in or you were draining them at the, at the uh, foul line. You don't care. We got more points at the end. That's all that matters. We scored more than the other guy did. And so Biden, no Biden, they'll figure it out. 
But Politico made the point of saying, yes, if you look at job performance numbers right now, it's almost identical to the job performance numbers that Trump had at this point in the third year of his presidency. But what was going on? I mean, yeah, we didn't have COVID yet. But the, the, the political climate, the media climate was different, right? And Republicans are different. Like Republicans could never, even when they won with Trump, this is incredible. You can't tell me they're not different. Even when they won with him, they weren't like, well, he's just icky. In other words, like this aesthetic thing. Biden, he sniffs children. He licks his wife's finger. He can't, doesn't know where he is. Got to hand it to those Democrats. They stay focused. We got the presidency. We need to keep the presidency. We need to keep it with him. And if we can't, he's we kick him to the curb. 210-599-5555. So we're going to talk about that. There's a woman named Jalen Cheney. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She's from Vancouver, Washington. She is circulating a petition for plus-size airline travelers. She's on change.org. She's demanding that the airlines give plus-size travelers free extra seats around them, one, two, or three additional seats. She is demanding that they install plus-size bathrooms on jet airliners because she can't get into the regular ones. And she's bothered when she flies commercially that people make faces at her or don't want to sit in her row because she takes up the row. She is 6XL. I don't know how many pounds that is. And it's not my business to know why she's that way or how she got that way. All I know is she is demanding free seats, bigger bathrooms. She is what she calls a plus-size traveler. Heck, aren't, aren't we all? Have you seen the size of airplane seats lately? It's, you know, it, it, it's like if you opened a book and said, I have to sit on this. This is my seat. My ass can only take up the size of this open book. That's that's what an airplane seat is like nowadays. So I got a question. What's that? What has the internet done to us? I think good things and bad things, but where are you going with this? Well, like, I feel like now everything is a crusade. Everything is uh, a, a, a an opinion. I, I bought a toner cartridge for my printer. Mm-hmm. It's the only one that works in that printer. So I didn't have any choice, right? I just had to buy the one that goes with that printer. People had written reviews. Mm-hmm. How do you write a review? I'll tell you it's why. It's the only one that works. So you've been on the air for a lo- little bit longer than I have. Do you remember the first time you got to crack open the mic and talk live on the radio? Do you remember? Sure. You've never yeah. forgotten it, have you? No. Well, now imagine that everybody, everybody has the ability to have a voice via social media. See, people like you and I, we, we kind of gotten over it. You know, it's just something mechanical we do. We know it's there. We know people listen. But we've, we've done this for so long. It's not a thing, right? But Christian. Yeah. But Christian. Not everything. <laughs> like <is>. toner ink. 
it's not, you know, if you're reviewing ketchup or toner ink or body wash, it's not. I could see a car. I could see a vacation destination. This cruise sucks. Don't go on this cruise. Mm -hmm. But uh, imagine having the time. Yeah. To review the toner. Making a note. Hey, later on, I need to sit down and write my review of the toner. Yeah, as though there's nothing else. Now, I, I don't even know what toner is. I just know that to make the printer work, mm-hmm. I have to get this thing that's got toner in it, put that thing in the printer. The printer prints. I don't have an opinion. There's no opinion to have. I'm glad I have a printer. That's my opinion. All I'm saying is even five seconds of perceived fame, not mm. even fame, but perceived mm. fame, mm. is a big deal for some people who have never mm. had anything close to that. So you think it's really about the attention that the review gets? Of course. That, uh, yeah. Okay. That, that's all it is. Okay. That's my opinion. So that's an interesting theory. I like that. Um, so let me move into this. Thank you, Christian. Let me move into this story. This lady, Jalen Cheney from Vancouver, Washington, has a petition on the Internet. Demand for plus-size airline customers. So she is saying that when she and her fiancé, who's also plus-sized, fly, they are discriminated against by the airlines and by other passengers. They get hateful comments and disapproving looks. Believe me, I know how that feels. She says that uh, as plus-sized travelers, we experience discrimination and discomfort while flying. The armrests don't move. I don't fit into one seat. She thinks the airlines ought to give people like her an extra seat or two or three for free. So free seats, not not the seat she's buying the ticket for. She'll pay for that. But she wants the seats that she spills into to be... I'm sorry, I have to say it that way. I have to paint a word picture here for you. I don't have photos to show you. I can't show you a picture of her sitting in an airplane seat. But you get the idea, right? She need she's she's when she's in 23A, she's also in 23B. You know what I'm saying, right? Okay. It, and and so she wants that extra seat or two for free. She wants them to build a bigger bathroom. Now, I would like us all to have a bigger bathroom in the airplane. But she says there ought to be a, a bigger bathroom for the plus-size passengers. She says the government should make the airlines do it. Her petition already has 4,000 signatures. She says people have said rude things to her on planes, like you're going to make the plane crash. You know, we're all plus-size travelers. I don't know if you've ever flown on a, you know, in coach on a jetliner. Most people have. If you've never done it, I'll just tell you. It would make you feel like a mutant giant. You would feel like it was um, attack of the fifty foot woman. You you get on an airplane. I don't care what your normal you know what your dimensions are. I don't care how tall you are in the rest of the world, how much you weigh in the rest of the world. When you get on an airplane, you feel like a giant. Everything is tiny. The seat is tiny. The little tray is tiny. The armrest is t- and the seat is. I think the average seat now is like seventeen inches wide you probably measure the seats in your house you're not sitting on anything that's 17 inches wide maybe the toilet i don't know i didn't measure that but you know you're a giant we're all plus size travelers you go in that bathroom you can't even turn around in there 
course, they don't want you to spend a lot of time in there. They're not going to make it comfortable. But I, I guess I just wonder, how do people get... So, so I, I'm not picking on her. But how do people get the idea that they must be accommodated and that they must get it for the same price as everyone else? I don't know how to say this kindly, so I'm just going to say it. Jalen, you take up more room. You're going to have to buy more room. Okay? If I want two hotel rooms, I have to pay for two hotel rooms. I can't just pay for one and say they ought to give me the one next door for free. If you want more room, you got to pay for more room. Maybe maybe the airlines could voluntarily accommodate Jalen, and you can always ask for the grace of your fellow person. You can ask. You can say, I'm, I'm really sorry, but is there any way... You can ask, but where did people get the idea that they they can demand it? How do you get the idea that an entire industry that currently stacks people up like lumber, okay, where are you getting the idea that they should accommodate you? They should remodel their jetliners when you book a flight so that you can fit into the bathroom. Now, again, I'm not... I'm not picking on her. You may think I am, but I'm not. There is something weird. I'm going to say this, though. There is something very weird going on about size and weight these days. I'm glad that we don't shame people who are obese. But it seems like we've gone too far the other way. We're talking about your right to be obese. What, what, what is that? I don't, I don't know what that is. And, and how it's a beautiful choice and it's a life choice and it's like it's empowering. H- haven't we taken that too far? Like, I, again, I, I, I don't, I don't think you should shame people. Who, whoever's making faces at her or saying things to her on the plane, shame on them. It's not the way to treat people. Keep your thoughts to yourself. But uh, this empowering, beautiful choice. I demand accommodation. Where the hell is this coming from? And my and this is why I asked Christian the question. The Internet. The Internet gives us the idea that anything we might want is an unfulfilled right. We should demand it. Before the Internet, what you could have you could write letters, you could, you know, talk to your friends, you could but now we get on the internet, I demand. Based on what? What what is your what are you basing this on? Demand on the basis of what? All right. Um when last we left Anheuser Busch, the Bud Light people on Friday, they were hemorrhaging basically billions of dollars of corporate value. They were in everybody's crosshairs. Everybody was mad. Everybody was was piling on Bud Light for their Dylan Mulvaney alliance. Their dive into the pool of wokeness. It's like they dived in and hit the bottom. You know, it was that, that pool was not as deep as they thought it would be. And, uh, celebrating Dylan's, uh, 365th day of girlhood amazingly was not a good move for Bud Light. I mean, who would have, who would have thought? That a beer that Kid Rock likes, who would have thought that a beer that, that young guys drink, 
Who would have thought that, that using Dylan Mulvaney was not the way to market that? I mean, it's just, it's, who, who saw that coming? So over the weekend, they dropped a new commercial um, of the of the kind, and it was released in a way that you typically would have, like, you know, when there's a lot of hype around a Super Bowl ad, and every year, what's the, what's the Super Bowl ad going to be for Budweiser, or what's the Super Bowl ad, you know. It, it has this kind of hype and, and buildup, and it's called The American Spirit, I'm going to play it for you, but just let me let me set it up visually. The ad follows a Clydesdale, the iconic Budweiser Clydesdales. Just just one. And the horse is running past American landmarks, the St. Louis Arch, the skyline of New York City, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's the that's the setup, and it's the American spirit, and this is what it sounds like. Let me tell you a story about a beer rooted in the heart of America, found in a community where a handshake is a sure contract, brewed for those who found opportunity in challenge and hope in tomorrow raised by generations willing to sip share risk remember this is a story bigger than beer this is the story of the American spirit you know they're desperate I mean, they pulled out all the stops, Ground Zero, Statue of Liberty. I mean, they got everything. They got they got people shaking hands, embracing. I'm pretty sure I spotted a heterosexual white guy. I'm not I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think I think one might have snuck in to the commercial. That's do you know how rare a sighting of a heterosexual white male is in a television commercial these days? It's like finding a unicorn. So don't hold me to it, but I think there might have been one in there. Anyway, um, I I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm just going to tell you what I think, and then we're going to open up the phone lines. Who the hell do they think we are? Who do they think we are? You pull this stuff with Dylan Mulvaney, and then you show me the Statue of Liberty, and I'm going to be like, okay, all right, yeah, king of beers, it's the American beer. Are we really that? Are we really that simple? Is that all it takes? Just, I mean, they don't really use the Clydesdales anymore. Correct me if I'm wrong. You don't see them very often. When I was a kid, every Budweiser commercial was the the team and the wagon and, you know, and I think Peter got involved or something. I don't know. Maybe there was a Clydesdale controversy on it. Didn't keep up. But anyhow, um, they, so they, when they dig out the Clydesdale, you know, they're pulling like the heartstrings. That's like, you know, we're going for the, and then you get like the, the sort of, you know, wistful sounding announcer voiceover guy. This is the story of a thing that's bigger than beer. Yeah. I mean, forget it. Okay. Why isn't Dylan riding the horse? 
Dylan should be on on the on the horse's back. I know they don't ride Clydesdales, but you know what I mean. I mean, if, if that was your plan, if 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 Dylan is your ally, where's Dylan? Why isn't Dylan in this commercial? You chose it. You chose it. And now you've what you've you've forgotten. You you dropped Dylan. I mean, I'm not I'm not a fan of Dylan, but I I knew this would happen. This is the thing about wokeness. You get picked up real easily. You get dropped real easily. And boy, when they're done with you, they're done. The, the silence of Dylan Mulvaney's phone must be deafening. That all day long, Budweiser has not been calling, right? There's no, check the front doorstep. There's no, there's no, uh, they haven't, they haven't delivered any more, any more Dylan cans. Yeah. But what do you think about the ad? Obviously, it's supposed to be like, you know, it's it's like you're making up, you know, like, uh, I'm sorry, here you go. Here's some imagery that that you, you, you folks will, will like. You've, you've fallen for this before. Maybe you'll fall for it again. I don't know. What do you think? Am I being too cynical? I mean, some people are probably going to look at it. I mean, it's very, it's very nicely edited, and it's very slick. I'm not saying I could do it. But that's just how it hit me. That's just how it kind of landed for me. Like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to be so easy that you just run some of the... And, 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 and so, in a way, this ad is the same kind of cynical choice that forming an alliance with Dylan Mulvaney was. It was cynical. It was maybe It's a game. Maybe we can fool some people. Maybe we can, you know... I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's just it's just beer. But maybe if we push the right buttons and elicit the right emotional response and say America a few times. I don't know. That's how it struck me. We're going to get your thoughts on that. We're going to get your votes in on the JR poll. Uh, Biden's poll numbers are almost exactly the same as Trump's were four years ago. Do you think Biden will be uh, a one-term president? Will he lose the election next year because he was uh, basically he's as unpopular as Trump was at the same point. Do you see it that way? It's a Politico.com story. Let me tell you a story about a beer rooted in the heart of America, found in a community where a handshake is a sure contract, brewed for those who found opportunity in challenge and hope in tomorrow. Raised by generations willing to sip, share, risk, remember. This is a story bigger than beer. This is the story of the American spirit. We're not even trying to sell you beer here. We're just selling America. It's just America. But if you feel like having a Bud Light, go ahead. But it's just America. We're so selfless. We're so we're such great people. We're not. We're, <laughs> there's not even a beer can in the commercial. I don't know. I I think they're trying to buy their way back in. It's like, it's like you broke up and now you're going over with chocolates and flowers. Please take me back. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Chase is on the radio. Hi, Chase. Hi, Jack. Hey, you know it it frustrates me the the way they treat us. Uh, the typical American 
we're dumb, we're stupid, we don't have an opinion. You can put a guy in a dress and try to sell your beer, and then you put up a horse and a guy with a deep voice, and you can still sell your beer because we're stupid enough to do it. We're not that. You know, and it's frustrating because I think we have opinions. We are human. We are we're deeper than our beer, I can tell you that. And it's just frustrating how woke America or whatever going on with America is they don't see that we are people, we have um, we have thoughts, we have convictions, and it's not just about drinking beer. We do love this country. Yeah, you can throw that stuff at us and make fun of us, but we take it serious. And that's the frustrating part because they think they can throw at some cheap commercial and somehow win us back after having some guy in a dress trying to sell beer the day before. Mm. I don't get it. And mm. I'm, I'm not buying the beer. I'm not a beer drinker anyway, but just for the sake of, you know, being a consumer, being a real person that actually does think and does respond to some of this nonsense. And so, again, like you said, who the hell do they think they are, uh, that we are, to do this kind of stuff? And it, it's frustrating, very frustrating. So, uh, You know about what I think, you know, in a way, Chase, you know, yeah. when, I, when I watched that ad the second or third time, you know what I realized? That really is how <laughs> politicians advertise. You're so right. You know that ad, if you could have you could edit that ad and it could be an ad for a presidential candidate or a Senate candidate yeah. because again yeah. they think they can invoke the greatness yeah. of the country while at the same time wiping their butt with it when they get into mm. office and, and so wow. we, Budweiser showed us where they where they really live they showed us who they are already and this isn't going to change yeah. that just as if a if if, if if Biden next year makes a bunch of commercials with patriotism and whatnot, it's not going to make people forget Afghanistan or forget what they're paying for things or, 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 or you know, and, and I mean, but, but they'll try. I mean, that's, we should be used to it by now, right? Chase, thanks for the call. Um, I, I'm not trying to say because I, I don't want to be misunderstood. Advertising in general, and I'm not mocking people who do it or in the business, but marketing and advertising, of course, is, it's about pushing buttons and it's, it's about emotions and, you know, the, the history of the American consumer is a history of, of our being, you know, catered to and emotionally, you know, appealed to and w whatever it is, you go back in time, you go back to, the days when a guy would roll into town with a covered wagon and sell an elixir. You talk about radio and television and internet and you talk about, um, like the Mad Men. If you ever watched Mad Men, you know, the series about ad agencies and it, it, obviously everyone in advertising and marketing knows this is schmaltzy. This is a shtick. We're putting on a routine. We're selling a product, but we're trying to make it about more than that product. It's a typewriter, it's a car, it's a dish soap, but we're trying to get an emotional connection. We want people to love it, not just use it. I get all that. I know that. We we know you're doing that. We're okay with that. You can do that. But you can't go from Dylan Mulvaney to the Clydesdale. Unless, if you can, then sorry, Chase, we really are that dumb. If, if that works, and I don't know, I don't think it will, but if, man, if that works, we deserve everything that's coming, right? But I, I, you know, they're, um, they look lost to me right now. Like, how does an organization do the Dylan promotional thing, then announce they're pausing all their marketing? That was what they said last week. We're going to pause all our marketing. 
We're going to take a, a deep breath and reconsider everything. We're pulling everything. And then you come out with this. What am I supposed to think? That you had a, an epiphany? That you, you, had, you had a road to Damascus moment? No, you're panicking. And in your panic, you went to the shelf and you pulled down all the stuff that used to work. I'm surprised they didn't find some Ed McMahon video or something. I mean, it's just like, let's throw everything we can at them. Maybe they'll take us back. I don't know. We'll see. And where do you go from here, right? 210-599-5555. Anyways, to me, it's it's not a big deal. It's just funny and, and sort of sad and pathetic. The, the, the woke thing, the most amazing part of it to me is watching institutions, whether they're brands, companies, colleges, the army, whatever. I'm watching institutions lose their way. They're so, it's not that I disagree with what they're doing. It's that they don't even know what they're doing. And they're flailing. And not that I could run the military or I could run a Fortune 500 company. I'm not saying I could, but the people that used to run it seemed to know what they were doing. You know? And like I talked about it, you know, when I was a kid, all the CEOs that were successful, they'd write a book. Here's how I did it. Here's how I built it. Do you think this guy at Anheuser-Busch is going to write a book? Who would read it? Here's how I screwed up. Here's a how-to book. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Mark's on the radio on KTSA. Mark, good afternoon. I think it's obvious we voted in our pocketbook, and they have decided that they didn't like our vote. So they're going to change to fit our direction, which I think is all just BS. You know, but I guess when you're a company owned in Belgium and you have an American subsidiary, you go, hey, wait a minute, they'll, they'll like the flag and the, you know, at your liberty well, Mark, if they if they're doing if they changed to what we like, why aren't we receiving it that way? Like, why aren't we happy with this? <laughs> I think that right now we're still hurt. <laughs> you know, we're still upset. Now, in six months, memories are short. Who knows? Yeah. This might have worked better, but you know, right I, now, I think I think they, if they had waited longer, maybe you know people would have said, "Oh, they've they've returned to their senses," or they. But the 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 immediacy, the suddenness of going from a guy in a dress to the you know the Statue of Liberty that is like jarring. That nobody comes to their senses that quickly. I guess when their bottom line got slapped, they did yeah. come to their senses fairly yeah. quick. <laughs> I don't know though. So, but see, I don't think money. they did. I don't. I don't think they've come to my my take on this is this is not them figuring it all out and 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 everything's good now. This is them insultingly trying to um, elicit a response that in the past those images always did. I I remember I would be with family. You you may have memories like this too. After nine eleven, okay. They did a, a very emotional and now iconic commercial where the Budweiser uh, Clydesdales trotted up to this bluff overlooking Manhattan and bowed. And I remember watching family members and friends get weepy, get misty. This is, this is watching television. And um, it's a beer commercial, you know. But, but they had that. 
They could, they could do that. I think they think they still can. And I don't think we're the, we're those people anymore. It's not that the Dylan Mulvaney thing is the end of the world. It's just that you showed us who you are. You showed us what you really think of us. You got all up on your high horse about you know, this is the way it's going to be from now on. You need to get with it. You, you had your executive out there doing podcast interviews, this genius vice president saying, well, the brand was in decline, and this was how we brought new life to it and vitality. So she was all, we know exactly what we're doing. And no sooner had she said that than her boss w- went public and said, I didn't even know we were doing this. They're lost. They're confused. They're, they're just, it's like when you're losing your your soulmate and he or she is walking out the door and you're just saying anything and everything in the hopes that maybe you'll say the right thing and they'll come back that's what it looks like to me right now that's what that ad looks like to me all right um so we've been talking about uh biden's poll numbers they're pretty much the same as trump's during the same period uh in his presidency as biden is in his so is that mean uh does that mean to you that uh biden is defeated next year i don't think it necessarily means that at all sorry i you may be hoping for that but uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't count on it um we've been talking about prop a we've been talking about uh plus size travelers of course budweiser with their new commercial where they're begging begging for one more chance uh with america and matt is on the radio on the jack riccardi show matt good afternoon hey how's it going hey matt we I've been uh, thinking about it, and we got these holidays coming up, starting with Cinco de Mayo, and Bud Light is one of the main reasons Cinco de Mayo became such a big holiday, and it's a drinking holiday, and it falls on a Friday this year, so it's going to be one of those things that's going to be a lost money. you got Memorial Day weekend coming up. You have, mm-hmm. you know, Father's Day, 4th of July, and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to get out ahead of it, they're trying to put out mm-hmm. a little advertisement to see if they can uh, mm-hmm. salvage a little bit, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure that's why they, I'm sure, I'm sure that's why they did it, uh, but uh, does it, does it work? It doesn't work. I mean, it, it's, it's going to work for a short time, but, you know, just like, just like everything else when it comes to voting, uh, you know, one of the little sayings that they have is, you know, voters have short memories. And guess what? That's the rest of us. That does. We're the guys yeah. voting. Yeah. So yeah. No, I, I think you're right about that. I mean, the, the, th- the best thing they have going for them is the short memory of, of, of people that if they're lucky in time, we will just forget that this ever happened. Mo- not everybody, but most, most people. You're right. Matt, thank you. Appreciate the call. I, I, I guess. When I look at them using those images, which have been in many commercials for many different things. I mean, we've seen car commercials and airline commercials, and I mentioned political commercials with those, with those images. You, you do need to understand that everybody that uses them, okay, any business that uses them is, is, of course, trying to manipulate and emotionally, um, touch you. Okay. But when you are a business or a company or a brand, that has essentially said we're throwing convention out the window. We don't, tradition doesn't matter. Convention doesn't matter. We don't accept that there are men and women. We don't respect women. 
then I think it's hard for you to, to use those images. Again, anybody can use them. But they don't land right. You made your bed. And it's not with the St. Louis Arch or the Golden Gate Bridge. you got to sleep in it. And the, the funny thing is, I don't know if you've noticed, almost everybody that's commenting about this is a guy. But the real, the real target, when you put Dylan Mulvaney in your advertising or, or on your can or whatever, the, 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 real, the real target, the real victim is women. Because Dylan Mulvaney isn't pretending to be me. Dylan Mulvaney is pretending to be a woman. She's pretending to be your wife, your girlfriend, your mother, your sister. And this company is pretending that Dylan Mulvaney is a shining, sterling example of womanhood. Like you couldn't find real women or a real woman. And it's to me, it's no different than if you made a movie and you put a white actress in blackface. People would go crazy. And rightly so. That's what she is. Now, I have a question. This has come up a lot in our discussions about this story. I, I, and I, I, I know what I think, but I'm curious to know what you think. So whenever we start talking about Budweiser and this whole blow-up, people talk about what to do about the beer itself. Like, you may not be buying it. It may be sitting on the shelves at the store. The sales may be down. We know they are. But if you have Bud, Bud Light... If it's in your fridge, uh, people are, are, are saying, well, now, now what do I do? So what do you think about that? Did you ever work, Christian, at a radio station where they allowed smoking in the studio? You know what? I just barely missed that. So I started in this business in the Mesquite Independent School District. So you can imagine it wasn't happening there. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was just, you know, we'd kind of made it past smoking on airplanes. That, I think, mm. 91, they, they took that yeah. away. And so, to answer your question, no. Yeah. There was actually still, when I first started, there was still, I didn't smoke, but there was still smoking. And mm. um, then years went by, and as you mentioned, you couldn't do it anymore. But when I would have Kinky Friedman on, he would always bring a cigar. Mm. And you just didn't tell him to not. <laughs> right. You know. Well, one time somebody mentioned that he was smoking a Cuban cigar. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget his, you know, he had such a great, I mean, he's, he's not that he's dead, he's still alive, he still has it, but he has such a great sense of humor. He said, I'm not supporting their economy, I'm burning their fields. <laughs> and I just that's thought, good. you know, that's, that is good. That is pretty damn good. It's tough to so be. So that raises that. the question. If you're mad at Bud Light, and you bought their beer, and there's beer in your fridge, you know what? You can drink it, because they already have your money, and you not drinking it is not a, doesn't register a protest. Like, leaving it there, they don't know. No. Right? That, no, that's exactly right. So if you've already bought it, drink it, wrap it in a koozie, you don't have to let people see it, pull down the shades, whatever, don't don't have it when people come over, you can deny <laughs> it, you can lie about it, right. it's okay, but but don't, this, this whole, do I need to dump it, do I need to, no, no. 
You know, we you see the same. To, you know, we we see the same thing when when like a fan base, for example, gets upset with an athlete on their football team, and yeah. you'll see videos of okay, I'm going to burn that jersey we bought what three years ago. Yeah. So what? Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't matter. Although I will say that must sometimes, you know, being a Boston sports fan, I can tell you that there is a certain. Pleasure. Go ahead, Jack. Go ahead. There's a certain. <laughs> there's a certain. I don't know. There's a certain pleasure in that that I wouldn't deny someone if they wanted to do it. And then, I mean, for that matter, if you want to pour your Bud Light down the drain and that makes you feel good, do that too. But I'm just saying, you can drink it and they've already got your money and they don't know. Who was the first baseman for the Red Sox who let the the ground ball go under his legs? Bill Buckner. Buckner. Was that one of those jerseys that you would, um, you know? Poor Bill Buckner. Uh, Just to get on a side track for a minute. Yeah, the 86 World Series, Game 6, he he lets a a ground ball go through his legs. We Mm -hmm. played the call recently. He um he had to move out of Massachusetts. Yeah. Because people were really nasty to him and his family and that was that was too bad because the guy had a great career. He was he was fantastic. Um and other than that moment, I mean he hit for a high average. He was, you know, he was, But I think that my, one moment. I think that my 9-year-old could have fielded that ground ball. Oh, anybody could have, yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, uh, it, it, I don't know how, I mean, that's just one of the, that's the curse of the Bambino right there. I mean, I was on my hands and knees <laughs> screaming yeah. at the television like those people were the morning after Trump won. I was just, I, I, I still remember that moment and how I felt, what it felt like. Yeah, there were a lot of caps and shirts that got burnt mm-hmm. uh, after that, for sure. All right. 210-599-5555 on KTSA. You can get in and get on our show. And uh, before this hour is up, we'll have the results on our poll question about uh, Biden's poll numbers and what do you think. Um, we brought this up earlier. Th- there are two members. Of this, this, this man on Facebook, Stanley. i got to hand it to you, Stanley. I like the way you think. He wrote on Facebook that if city council members... Jalen McKee Rodriguez and Terry Castillo still support and want people to vote yes for Prop A, then why don't we try Prop A in their districts? Give it a test drive. Give it a go. Implement it in districts two and five. Now, I know, I know, you know how are you going to, you know. But my point is, you shouldn't get to have it both ways. You shouldn't be able to say, I'm for it, but never have to deal with the consequences of it. And I don't want to hear that you didn't know what you were getting when you elected these people, because they ran as progressives. They didn't run as Reagan Republicans. And if people weren't paying attention or people didn't vote, I, I don't know what to say. But you've got tens of thousands of people probably hundreds of thousands of people that live in those two districts, let them have the the policy. And then when it's horrendous, they will uh, turn them out at the at the ballot box in 2025, right? 210-599-5555 on KTSA. The uh, city of Chicago had two days of what was called a teen takeover as Hundreds or thousands of teenagers destroyed property, attacked tourists, lit fires, looted uh, stores. This was in downtown Chicago Saturday night and Sunday. Police unable to restore order and outnumber. They only arrested, they, they, they know there were several hundred, if not more than a thousand. They only arrested 15. 
So they were completely overwhelmed. Uh, there were injuries. And it seemed to have been very organized on social media. You know, I don't know too much about the, the investigation or the details of it, but it seems to me if you know it was organized on social media, can you find out who organized it? Can you go after the organizers? I mean, they sure, they sure know how to find us when we, <laughs> we say something about the vaccine. And they find the people that... Let's, let's have some of that J6-level investigative work. Well, who, was, who was orchestrating it? Who was instigating it? Who was putting these kids up to it? But then the mayor-elect of Chicago, Brandon Johnson, came out and said, well, he doesn't condone the activity and has no place in Chicago... He said that the uh, actions of these kids should not be used to vilify them. He used the word demonize. He says it is not constructive to demonize youth who have otherwise been starved of opportunities in their own communities. Um, You know, that might have been a very good take 30, 40, 50 years ago. It was very in vogue to say that when people uh, became destructive to themselves or to others, it was because we, the society, had failed them. We, the society, had let them down. We had not provided adequate schools, adequate activities, opportunities. That might have been something you could say 50 years ago. How do you say that now? How do you say that now? You, you politicians have demanded our last drop of blood. You have, you have drained us dry for the biggest welfare state on the planet. And you promised you could spend your way out of all this. If we just had the resources, if we just did this, if we just did that, if we built this, if we pre- and, and and it didn't happen and you don't you don't know what to do. You're just saying more of the same stuff you've been saying. Inadequate opportunities. I I do think it's an insult to anyone who's ever grown up poor or destitute. Why aren't you rioting? You didn't have opportunities. Why didn't you go take other people's stuff or burn it? But he gets away with it, you know? And they just elected him. I mean, this this isn't somebody who's on his way out of office. This is the guy they just chose over Lori Lightfoot. I know. 210-599-5555. So there's that. We talked about the plus-size travelers. Do Do you think that... Have we taken um, this notion of not shaming fat? Like I noticed that in in marketing now, you go to Target or you watch television. There's a lot of plus size models. I'm fine with that. That's okay. I mean, it's 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 probably good to show your clothes the way they look on on how most of us look and, and on regular people and nor- But so that that's all good. I, I'm glad we're not shaming people. I don't want people killing themselves because they're fat or they're unhappy with their body. I don't want people being ashamed of themselves. I don't want people. Uh, but 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 have we taken it too far? 
to where we're, 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 we're saying you have rights, there's obesity rights, and there's plus sizes, and it's a beautiful choice. And like, don't we have an obligation to recognize that, hey, I love you, I respect you, I'm not going to make fun of you, I'm not going to put any pressure on you, but this is not healthy. Okay, I'm not going to go along with that. I'll I'll go along with you are what you are and live your life. I'm not going to I'm not going to pretend you've made a healthy choice or a a positive choice. This this young woman that's agitating for travelers plus size travelers rights. She's six XL. She looks very unhealthy. If I knew her, if, I, if she was in my family, if she was a friend of mine, I'd be very worried about her. But I hear people talking about this like it's it's great. It's just a choice. Like she, like she just you know, colored her hair or painted her nail. No, she's going to die of this. You can't you can't go on like that. I mean. Airplane seats are not her biggest problem. Is it, it, can we not say that? Are we are we not, are we supposed to pretend we don't know that? Talk about being anti-science. Isn't this sort of pretending it's a glorious lifestyle choice? Isn't that a pretty anti-science thing to say or proclaim about obesity? I know obesity is a big thing. I, the statistics are incredible. I mean, like two out of five people are obese or something like that. I looked it up. I put it on my column. Um, I think it was one out of three adults are overweight and two out of five are obese and uh, 10% of us have a severe obesity. I mean, it's a big thing. It's a, it's a growing thing. But um, it's one thing to not shame people. It's one thing to be respectful. We were brought up that way. We should be that way. You shouldn't say, if, you know, you're, you're, when your mom told you, you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That was good advice. Obviously, I didn't take it. But I mean, it just seems like we've gone the other direction. Now we're doing this thing where um, we say, uh, y- you know, y- you ha- you have the right, and it's a beautiful choice, and we should represent, and almost like it's empowering. Almost like the people at the gym that are working out, those idiots. What what are they doing? People that are trying to get in shape or or, or trying to control their their diet. Those fools, they're just bowing to public pressure. Is that what you think? Is that what you think of people that are like on a diet plan or have lost weight? Do you think they're just weaklings that gave in to public pressure? They're just, oh, they're just trying to make other people like them. I think they're people that are trying to be healthier. And we know that's true, and we shouldn't pretend we don't. Uh, coming up, we'll check the Jack Chat line. Um, Tucker Carlson is interviewing um, Elon Musk tonight. Here's a sample of that conversation. The degree to which uh, various government agencies had effectively had full access to everything that was going on on Twitter uh, blew my mind. Um, I was not aware of that. Would that include people's DMs? Uh, yes. I wonder if there's ever been a, a, an example like this of somebody buying a company 
and then discovering what it's doing. Like, I've never bought a company, but it seems like first you would be very familiar with what they were doing before you bought it. Elon Musk basically says in every interview that he learned more about Twitter after he bought it than he knew before he bought it. I guess we're, we're, glad, he, we're glad he did because we wouldn't know either. On Friday night um, on HBO's Real Time with Bill Maher, the panel included Piers Morgan, the political commentator who's now working for Fox, and Congresswoman Katie Porter of California, who's a Democratic congresswoman running for the Senate, uh, the Senate seat held by Dianne Feinstein. They started talking about um, trans women in women's sports and uh, collegiate swimmer Riley Gaines, who's been outspoken about that and against these transgender competitors. And Katie Porter has the theory that Riley Gaines doesn't really care about this. Riley Gaines cares about getting attention. Listen to this exchange between Congresswoman Katie Porter and Piers Morgan. Nobody, including Riley Gaines, who I disagree with strongly, should be... Should what do you disagree with, out of interest? Um, I, I think that it should be up to sporting bodies to make the decisions about who... But what has she said that's actually wrong? I think that what she has done is try to turn this... We talked about people you know, becoming, using things to kind of get likes and get clicks... That's not what she's doing. It's I mean, not? I, I've got no chuck for right against personally, but all I've seen her do is stand up for women's rights to fairness and equality. She, has so she, she actually competed oh. against Leah Thomas, and it was obviously unfair. Leah Thomas won one of the races in the NCAA championships by 50 seconds against a bunch of biological females who simply couldn't keep up. That cannot be right. It cannot be fair. That is something that I trust. I think our sporting bodies should be dealing with. And by the way, Riley is speaking up for herself, and that is her prerogative, and I respect her free speech. I think she's speaking up for but, pretty much every female athlete in the world. I, I mean, wasn't that, wasn't that the point of Title IX, Title IX in the early 70s? It was yeah. something that was a, it was a major event in feminism, that we finally have this law that says at colleges, right, and I think high schools too, but definitely colleges, women, women's sports have to be given equal to men's sports, so that women aren't getting, you know, and this led to the WNBA and lots of other stuff. This seems to be the opposite of that. It seems to be so many instances, I think, where wokeness is the opposite of what I grew up as liberals. Liberalism was let's give the women an equal shot. And this is let, let's put a male in the in the swimming pool right, with the women. I don't get it. It's crazy. And meanwhile, trans people who genuinely want to compete at athletics and swimming or whatever it may be, they they're the ones who are suffering here. They need to be found a way to compete fairly and justly. Well, what's your answer then? I think there's one or two answers. I think they either compete against their biological sex, as many of them did before, or you create an entirely new category. So transgender I want to I want to make a bigger point, but as a side note, um, Pierce Morgan says either either you get back into your category that you're biologically in, so you, you you can be a trans person, but when you swim, when you compete, when you run track, when you play the sport, you're, you're playing it against your biological peers, or he says create a trans 
category. Like when I watched the Boston Marathon today, you had men and you had women and you had the wheelchair and you had this division and that division and sports has divisions or you know uh, categories and sometimes in sports they're like age categories. Somebody will say, "Oh, I won the the fifty plus category in my five k or something like that." So should trans be its own category, or should we just go back to there's men's sports and there's women's sports and you compete? On the basis of your biological preparation, not not who you want to be seen as, or who you feel like, or who you now are, but how you you know sort of your original equipment. What would you do on that? Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. We'll tell you what I think. I want to hear what you think. Uh, but but the point about the, the the main point of this clip is Katie Porter is saying. I don't know if she really believes this that Riley Gaines is speaking out for likes and clicks. Now, am I confused, Don Cooper, you in the room? Don, was Riley Gaines not the one that got punched in the face last week? That's what I recall, yes. She got chased out of a speaking engagement at a college, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think Riley Gaines is having a great time. I mean, how do you look at this and go, oh, she just wanted attention? I think Riley Gaines lived her entire life, as far as I know from what I've read, training to be the best swimmer she could be. And she was on her way. And then they, they, they let a man get in the pool. That's what happened. To look at that as, oh, she's just a broad that wants some attention. That's that's Katie Porter's take. That's hilarious. You can't really. I guess Katie Porter couldn't come up with anything better. And in the spur of the moment, that's what she came up with. Oh, it's just about likes and clicks. I mean, you could almost say that about anything, right? I mean, anybody that ever advocates or stands up or takes a position, if they become well-known for their position or their outspokenness, they do get likes and they do get clicks. But in this day and age, they could also get punched in the face. So it, it, it can kind of work both ways. You really have to know what you're doing before you stick your neck out. But because a lot of people now listen to the podcast, and they may be listening nights or weekends or what have you and not live, we developed a second phone number, not the number you call in during the show, but a number you can call anytime. Give your first name, your city or town, and your comment, and we play them back. We call it the Jack Chat Line. It's like a voicemail, basically, okay? So the Jack Chat line number is 210-599-5550, and let's check that Jack Chat line right now. Hey, Jack. My name's Vera. I'm in District 9 about this Prop A. You know, they put the marijuana clause in there, the abortion clause, and the, the crime. You know, if people had some common sense, they would know that marijuana can't be legalized at a city level. That's a state level. And the same thing with abortion. 
But these young people are going to hear, oh, we're going to legalize marijuana, and they're going to vote for it. And then our city's going to go to crap, just like Chicago and Detroit and all the other cities. Thank you. Have a good day. You know what's weird? That was a good. I'm not saying Vera's weird, but what's weird is that we're now saying, our, we don't want our people are now saying routinely, not just here in San Antonio. I don't want my city to be like Chicago. I don't want my city to be like New York. I don't want my city to be like Los Angeles. You know, there was a time when that would have been what you wanted your city. You wanted your city to grow up. You wanted your city to 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 become a great, uh, you know, global destination. Everybody knows about it. Isn't it weird and sad that the names of cities that were at one time, you know, iconic are now invoked as if they were nightmares? Like that's the last thing you want to do. All right, let's check one more here on the Jack Chat line. Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Um, so my name's Jason, and I'm in the home building industry. So I, I run into many, 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 many people on a daily basis. It's actually never, I've never met anyone who, and I've met people who moved down here from California. I've seen a lot of that. And, and they're all turning Republican. But in the last election, the district attorney who was backed by Doros, because of everybody I know and talk to and, and, and their concerns, we're going to vote for Mark LaHood. Everyone I know and talk to is going to vote for the guy. But yet, this other jack wagon still wins if there's a possibility of some shenanigans and tampering going on with the elections that were held down here. It's just a question I'm thinking about a lot. But anyway, I love the show, guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Jason. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about if it's voter fraud. Uh, I mean, that's always a possibility. But but really, what I think is mainly happening, whether you're talking about the DA race uh, with uh, Mark LaHood, or you're talking about the, the city council races, it's it's pretty clear that you know ten percent, roughly ten percent vote, and the other ninety percent say they're going to, but don't. And because there's no other way to explain a city with this many uh, military and ex-military people, there's no way to explain a city that is culturally, um, religiously the way we are, where, where people have come here to escape the political depravity of the East and West Coast. There's no other way to explain it than, yeah, you can... You can meet people, you can talk to people, you can exclusively know people who are going to vote like you, going to vote like you. But then who does vote? Who does show up? Sorry, but it's the same 10%, 12%, 8% every time. Until we crack that nut, it doesn't change. But I, I can believe that Jason when he talks to people is is you know finds himself surrounded by like-minded people i do too but i also know who votes 
So let me go back to Piers Morgan's question about trans athletes. Maybe you don't think that they should compete at all. Okay, that's that could be one choice. If they're going to compete, should they compete with the gender of their biological assignment? Or should they compete in a, in a category that's just for trans people? And I have to go with the, I have to go with door number one. Um, they should compete in the biological category. It's one thing to create, um, separate categories for what are, um, objectively different skill sets. So if you're having like in, in a road race, if you're having like the over 50, category or if you're having um the wheelchair category like today's boston marathon that's objectively a different performance envelope and 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 of course it should be broken out it's it would it makes the sport more interesting it wouldn't make any sense to compare and and mix wheelchair bound competitors with people running on their own two feet by the way, the grit and the determination of these wheelchair competitors, if you've ever watched a marathon, that is that is it just takes your takes your breath away. It's just incredible to watch. I, I, I can't see creating the trans category. And I don't even think that would be very satisfying for the athletes involved. But that's just me. That's how I see it. You know, I we were talking, uh, Kristen and I were talking about uh, whether he had ever worked at a radio station where you could smoke in the studio. It, it, it sort of indicates your age. If you're under a certain age, you've never had that. And, and probably a lot of workplaces, right? But I, I actually, the, the first couple of radio jobs I had, I guess the first two or three, there was, there was smoking and there was a, and, and Don Cooper, you'll back me up on this. When radio people could smoke, Lord, did they smoke? Oh, yes, they did. <laughs> I mean, like, like it was part of the job. Like they were committed to it. <laughs> I think it. You helped. know what I think it is. People don't realize, and you, you, you'll, I think you'll agree. There's a lot of waiting around in our business. Like you're waiting for the song to end, you're waiting for the commercials to end, you're waiting for your cue, you're waiting to go on and do the news, you only do five minutes of news an hour, so the other 55 minutes you're waiting. And and any job where you're waiting, when people used to smoke, that's when a lot of smoking passed the time, right? Mm-hmm. That and, it wasn't this station, it was another station I worked at, I knew someone who chain-smoked and had stacks of uh, diet coke. <laughs> on his desk. <laughs> so he chain-smoked and he drank I, uh, Diet Coke. I worked at one place that had stacks of uh, another Coke. Uh, but anyway, um, there, there, yeah, there was a, there, this uh, one, I remember this one place I worked, uh, it was the first radio station I, you know, like, paid job I have, not calling, not counting college radio. It's the first place I worked. The um, tiny little on-air studio, I mean, it was a booth. 
the wall I thought the walls mm-hmm. had been painted this sort of <laughs> yellowish white. I thought that was the the color mm-hmm. you know of the paint. Mm-hmm. And then somebody took down a something that was framed hanging on the wall and it was white behind mm-hmm. it. <laughs> All that yellow was nicotine. It was kind of kind of skeevy. Yeah. Kind of to realize that. You well, know? there was there was a Whoa. time. There was a time here in this building where you could smoke oh, yeah. way back in the day yeah. now that that was before my time but before I, you know i was working here but the room the studio that we worked in if you recall mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. Uh, that layer mm-hmm. of nicotine stain on the yep. walls yeah it's like being inside somebody's lung all right um on the jr poll the question was uh joe biden's poll numbers are currently just about as low as Donald Trump's were this time four years ago. So mid-April 2019. Do you expect Biden to lose next year based on those poll numbers? 73% said yes. 27% said no. We'll have a new poll question tomorrow at 4, or you can find it anytime at ktsa.com, and you can find our show anytime uh, as a podcast, so if you don't get to listen in the afternoon or you just catch bits and pieces and you want to take a walk in the morning and put, put us in your ear or you want to listen at, later at night or you want to listen on the weekend, that's the beauty of this. Get these podcasts and take them anywhere you want to go, anytime you want to go. Find them at ktsa.com or anywhere you like to get podcasts. They're um, looking for the thieves who robbed an armored car this was in the Philadelphia area last, I think it was Friday. They they knocked over an armored car, which seems like a very retro thing to do, you know. But the armored car was carrying coins. And they got away with hundreds of thousands of dollars in dimes. And they know this because they left a lot of dimes scattered around and even left a trail of them. But these guys thought they were getting away with one thing, and they wound up getting away with dimes. That seems like a bad break. Not that we're rooting for the crooks, but that seems like a bad break. Like, now all you have to do to catch them, all you have to do is stake out like those, what do they call those machines? Coin star, is that what it's called? I think it's called Coinstar. You know, the machines they have like at the front of HEB where you go in and you dump your coins in and it sorts them and counts them and gives you a little slip that you can turn in for money. Yeah. Because what else are they going to do? Dimes. They get dimes. Make a lot of, make a lot of phone calls. Can't even say that anymore. We, we don't have to pay phones. I, I guess the only other thing they could do if they don't go to Coinstar, the only other thing they could do is roll them. Do you remember rolling coins? They, they, The banks would give you these paper tubes. I think you can buy them, but we used to get them from the bank when I was a kid. My my parents would get them. And you would roll up your pennies in a penny tube, and you'd roll up your dimes in a dime tube, and they had them for quarters and nickels. Are these guys going to do that, or are they going to go to Coinstar? If I'm Columbo, I'm betting on Coinstar. And just one more thing. See you back here tomorrow live at 4.00.